What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast, a free agency special brought to you by uh, NBA. Um, I love it. I love it. That's the proper. That's the proper level of hype. I'm now ready. <laughs> Hold on. I need to get more excited. Try again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the free agency special Return of the Roar brought to you by Airhorns. So I should redo it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, we're here today. We're here. There we go. We're in here. We're in this thing. We're in there like swimwear. Uh, we are brought to you by. I don't know why I keep saying brought to you. We are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we are technically sponsored for Vegas, but we can't really say that till we get to Vegas. Very true. But we're brought to you right now by uh, scolding hot NBA rumors and trades. We have a couple trades. Yeah. Uh, signings and a mm-hmm. signing. And a, well, we have one signing and one trade to talk about, and one or two departures. So, uh, where do we begin, Chris? Where do we begin? I think we should start from the beginning. I mean. Uh, Let's like all the way at the beginning. Uh, free agency went live on Thursday at was th- Thursday at six o'clock or six o'clock six o'clock Eastern, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, three o'clock our time. Um, but we're actually going to start. Was that Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Wednesday uh, at about two o'clock or somewhere around there. Um, news broke that the Kings would not be extending the qualifying offer to Dante Divincenzo, making him unrestricted. And according to Woj. Um, we'll have multiple teams looking to sign him. Well, knee-jerk reaction on I that. I was going to say, yeah. First we're- off, Frank, what just, I mean, that we, we last week in our episode were pretty much anticipating Dante at least being um, a flex option for the Kings to have a nice little, um, you know, thing in their back pocket that if they don't get um, the players that they feel like they want, they could always just re-up on Dante and bring him back. But, um that, w- that option was completely taken off the table, and, and how did you feel about it? Well, it was like a safety net kind of thing. People thought, I, us included, that the Kings were pretty much a lock to keep Dante. I I know that the, the talk has always been Monty traded for him twice, uh, so why not, why not bring him back? And I think it was kind of unexpected, definitely unexpected. We were at the practice facility with our other media members, and we all were pretty surprised, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, I I think that the initial reaction on my end was, and people were kind of giving me crap for it on social media, but like, no I, way, I, I, no way. I said there's for sure something planned with Monty McNair, and now we know that that plan was Malik Monk, which we're gonna talk about Malik Monk in a little bit. But uh, the the Kings clearly had their eyes on something else. It looked like Malik Monk uh, was that that player they had envisioned to come in and and, and take over that shooting guard spot. And it kind of made Dante, Dante expendable. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the money that Dante is, is looking to get on the market, it's about the mid-level exception. The Kings used about 90% of their mid-level exception on, on Malik Monk. So they they chose to pocket about about $1.2 million, spend that other $9 million on $9.2 million on, on Malik Monk or what have you, and here we are. Dante DiVincenzo, though, was, was a guy that he definitely brings more defense than Malik Monk. Mm-hmm can but i think that the kings are prioritizing shooting right now and when we talk about the moves they've made so far pretty clear that shooting is is the uh shooting's been the goal the past 
best day or so. Definitely, so. and I'm going to timestamp this. It's 11.45 on Friday, so the Kevin Herter news uh, just dropped like an hour ago, so so we will also be talking about that later in the podcast. But, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you, I think, uh, on everything you said. I think Dante is, is clearly the better defensive option, but uh, we saw last year how streaky he is. Um, he's still coming off that injury. He didn't shoot well inside the two-point arc. Um, and I think that's actually something that I noticed about both uh, Malik and and Kevin Herter was that they're both surprisingly really good inside the paint last year. Um, both shot like four or five attempts and, and around 50% on their two-point attempts, whereas Dante last year was, I think, like in the high 30s, maybe low 40s. Well, we saw that he, he shot 30, what, 8% yeah. from the field, and I think he shot 34% yeah. percent from three. We'll he, was, right he was essentially shooting the same – from three that he was in inside the three point arc, so that's not really ideal. That's not what you want from your from your starting two guard. And and I I think I mean clearly, yeah, like we said, Dante is the better defensive option. But I think the Kings are banking on Mike Brown bringing in a system that will make the defense better. And uh, because clearly, I mean, yeah, the additions of. Malik Monk and losing Damian Jones, which we'll also uh, talk about a little bit later, um, and bringing it. I'm sorry, bringing in Malik Monk and Kevin Herter, losing Divincenzo and uh, Damian Jones. You're clearly losing defense and uh, and gaining some shooting for sure. But um, just I I don't know. It's it's it's. Um, I think it's. Do you what do you, do you think it was a smart not smart move but um i guess now that we know the results do you think it was the right move for them to uh pretty much let dante walk i think or should that, they have better managed that asset i think it's the right move now that i've seen what they've done obviously when the news first broke and if we would have recorded mm-hmm. on on wednesday what are they doing what are they doing with dante there's not really an answer but now that we know that the solution to that is monk and herder I feel a lot better about it because they've clearly turned this to this position of we need to surround De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis with very good shooters. Mm-hmm. And Malik Monk, the past two seasons, he shot 39% from three. Kevin Herter, we know what he can do. He shot 39% from three last year. He's a career 38% shooter from beyond the arc. Uh, definitely a, a guy that can come in and, and possibly be the starting two guard next year. I'm sure that'll be a fun competition and, and, and discussion come training camp, but uh, it it makes it easier. It makes it easier to move on because yeah, Dante Divincenzo would have been great if the Kings could have swung a trade to to go grab John Collins, which it clearly didn't. That clearly, I would say that that's more than likely not happening. That's probably not happening if they traded for Herder and they already the, the first we'll dive into the first round pick protections later. But yeah, uh, that clearly isn't going to happen if they would have swung a trade for someone like that. Yeah, maybe keeping Dante Divincenzo is a little more enticing. You bring in John Collins who is a guy that can space the floor and, and play defense, but you keep Dante DiVincenzo, who has the, the potential to be a shooter, but is more so a, on he's more so a help to you on the defensive end. That's where it makes sense, but it's kind of like we have one half of the offseason, to me, I'm looking at it as like one half is done. Mm-hmm. We needed three-point shooting. We got three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Now there's another half that has to be taken care of, which is defense. Mm-hmm. They need defense now. So I'm sure we'll talk about Monk and Herter individually, but... I just think as a whole, I'm looking at this. That's how I'm kind of looking at this right now. Mm-hmm. They got their shooters. Now they have if they if they keep Harrison Barnes too. Like that's that's a that's something I'd like to know, mm-hmm. or we all like to know, obviously. But having Herder, Barnes, and Monk out on the perimeter is really good. Mm-hmm. That's a very imagine a lineup with Fox, Herder, Monk, 
and Barnes and Sabonis, like because Herder has, is six seven. You were mentioning earlier that you'd like to see him play some small forward. I think a lot of people on King social media right now are saying they'd like to see Herder play at the three. Although he's historically not a small forward, mm-hmm. he's predominantly been a shooting guard. But the Kings have those options now. Small ball is a thing in the NBA, and having guys that can shoot the ball, multiple guys is. I mean, that's how people win championships. What the mm-hmm. Warriors have done. The Raptors a couple years ago, people that win championships, and the Kings aren't even trying to win a championship. They're just trying to make the damn 10 seed. So, good start. But I guess we can start with Malik Monk. I mean, just basically your initial reaction, DiVincenzo's gone, pretty much. The Kings, it's been kind of like there were smoke screens all day Thursday that Monk was coming to Sacramento. I think it started as early as, I think Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report Mm -hmm. said it on uh, Mark Stein's podcast that, Kings are the front runners, and then some of our local guys like Jason Anderson and James Ham got wind of it. So, what what was your initial reaction to the, the? Do you like Malik Monk? Do you do you think he's a good fit with the offense? Or do you, most importantly, I want to ask you. Sorry, like a three parter. It's okay. Do you think that De'Aaron Fox had a strong hand in making this happen? I'll start with that one. Um, I think De'Aaron. I don't think he had much say in it. I, I don't know if he – I don't know. I, no. I'm going to say no. I don't I don't really think he he, um, he had much to say about it. They suggested. It. I don't think so. I think they might have ran it by him and said, hey, we're looking at Malik. Like, I don't even know if they really have to do the asking of – I'm sure he was consulted. That's what I will say. I don't know if he directly asked for it, but I'm guaranteed that they at least asked him, like – hey, we're looking at signing Malik, you obviously know him. Uh, A, do you think that would be a good fit? And B, I'm sure, like, do you still like him? Um, I, you know, um, that's just me guessing. But, uh, you know, De'Aaron, De'Aaron probably had some form of saying it. My initial thought is I like Malik Monk. I think he's a scorer. He showed amazing shooting ability last year. He's been super streaky his first couple years in the NBA, but – Obviously, in college, looked like a kind of guy who could be, um, you know, in the Bradley Beal kind of category of shooting guards, where he's a small guy, um, but is just there to get buckets endlessly. Um, and I think he still has some. I don't think he. I think the the dream of him being that level of player is probably gone. But um, he's still only twenty four years old. He's he's got a lot of growing to do. He him and De'Aaron obviously played together in college, um, and so they're kind of on the same progression line. But um, I think Malik has room to get better, which which adds the the value to me. I mean, not often can you get this young of a talent, um, you know, unrestricted and and get him for ten million dollars. I think that's a pretty low risk um, proposition, especially. I think he'll be getting some good minutes. Um, I like it. I think he can do a lot of things. Especially, I like it a lot more now. Now feeling like he's going to come off the bench and not be the starting two guard. Um, He's just going to kind of come in you know, and get buckets. What, what makes this even sweeter, though, is, and I was kind of diving into like Lakers Twitter mm-hmm. yesterday, and in some of those, they're fans. They they, they really want, like Malik they really Monk. like Malik Monk, yeah. and they wanted to keep him. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers, I believe, as an organization, wanted to keep him, but mm-hmm. they're obviously pretty hamstrung from yeah. from all the financial things they have going on with Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So they they wanted to keep him. Malik Monk was it was again, and I'm gonna say he was a very good player for them last year. One yeah. of their better players absolutely I mean in a very down season for the Lakers he was 
one of the like two bright spots for the season. He had a career season playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty significant. And then he chose to not go back to the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, thir- a little under 14 points per game, which is a, a career high for him. 3.4 boards. He can pass the ball a little bit. He's a sneaky distributor, three assists per game. And then when you look at his three-point shooting, 39%. And, again, the thing we talked about Dante DiVincenzo, whereas the two-pointers weren't falling for him, Malik Monk, 47%. So... Sprinkle in 80% from the free throw line. Mm -hmm. That's what you want from your shooting guard. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, it'll be a question for me of like, can, how many minutes will he get? Because I think that's been huge and was last year an anomaly. Um, If Herter, Herter and, uh, Herter's been 30 minutes consistently throughout his time in the NBA, but uh, Malik Monk last year was the, it was the first time he had gotten um, that kind of starting kind of minutes of 28 minutes a game. Um, so if he's, you know, it's I'm curious if they're going to play him that much. Will he play 25 minutes, or he's been as low as 20 minutes when he was in Charlotte? I don't think he'll get that low, but if they give him the MLE, they're probably going. I would imagine he's either going to start or play yeah. 30 minutes per game. He, I would hope so. I think him and both him and Herder are the they're it. I mean, yeah. they probably will will split time, but I could see them playing in some sets together. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's going to play a lot. Yeah, and I think that'll be huge for them. I mean, they were both. I think Herter was also 12 points a game last year. Um, so just if they can come in and, and bring that level of production to the team, I mean, that's those are the ideal, uh, you know, building blocks to uh, to put around Sabonis and Fox, I think. Well, here's the fun part of this, and this goes to both players. Malik Monk and Kevin Herter were role players on, well, the Lakers were supposed to be a very good team last mm-hmm. year. They were, they were supposed to be a contending team. They had three, three future Hall of Famers, so they were supposed to be a contending team. But the Hawks were a playoff team, and these guys are both people that were kind of in the background. They're kind of, uh, you know, side side pieces. Mm-hmm. That's not saying, come, come on now, Ayo. But they get to come to Sacramento and kind of to take the words of Kyle Kuzma when he thought he was getting traded here. Uh, they have a chance to, and I quote, go crazy here. Yeah. <laughs> so do you remember that? When Kyle do. Kuzma said, yeah. I, was I was about to go crazy. I was about to go crazy in sack. Yeah, relax, relax. Uh, maybe future King. You know Kyle what? Kuzma. I really think I this just. I think Malik Monk is a top choice for me. Uh, one to go of, crazy. To six man of the year. For sure. No, for sure. If like, the, this is the kind of role that they are bringing him in for, I think. And, and that's what it's perfect for. I, I, I envision him in that role as well. Mm-hmm. Just come in. I mean, we we saw what Lou Williams was able. Not we Sacramento fans, but uh, NBA people saw what Lou Williams was able to do. Um, I don't think you know Malik has that level of ball handling, but um, he's a kind of guy that will come in and, and get absolute buckets. I mean, this guy could can shoot. You know, can get hot like a like a I don't know like a. I think De'Aaron explained. Uh, Cameron Salerno posted a video of De'Aaron being interviewed uh, at Kentucky. Um, just talking about Malik, and he was like, he's a volcano that's just like ready to erupt. And when he does erupt, man, it's that's I think to me like the best. Uh, what is the word? Simile? What, when you similarity? Com- sim- like it's it's the best comparison for Malik. Like when he gets hot, it is explosive, and like the buckets, ju- he just hits nothing but net, and it's just there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and we haven't really had a kind of guy like that, a dude who. Who just gets inferno hot? Not since like maybe Isaiah. Yeah, well, Isaiah I guess would go b- through parts of Buddy Heal. Buddy Heal yeah. had his moments, but I mean, this needs yeah. this needs to be. And again, shout out uh, Brett Huff, who had that incredible tweet of the incredible tweet that what is it? 
Do you have it? Buddy but- Heald next season will make $20.5 million. Uh, next season for the Kings, Kevin Herter and Malik Monk will make a combined $24 million. So, you know, it. we were talking about, you know, the DiVincenzo. I would much rather have Monk or, and Herter compared to DiVincenzo. I would much, much, much rather have Monk and Herter instead of just Buddy Heald. That's, uh, that's honestly, like, maybe the best we have seen in a long time. Yeah. So, that being said, I agree. I mean, where the Kings were, though, imagine where the Kings were a couple weeks ago or even a couple days ago. Their depth now is, at the guard spots in particular, significantly better. Yeah, I think, I mean, they have a lineup, a guard lineup of Fox, Mitchell, uh, Herter, Monk, Terrence Davis, question mark? Terrence Davis, question mark? We'll see if he gets... You know, included in a throw-in, yeah. With some of these deals, but but those are, I mean, that's that's a legit NBA rotation. I mean, all every single one of those guys would play for, I think, every team in the league, just I, about. I wrote about this this morning too. Isn't it sad that that's a compare? Like that's that's the standard that we have to try and reach. But like, it really is. Like the Kings haven't ran out NBA lineups most years. No, and uh, I mean, for the most part, I would say. I mean, I, I just off the top of my head, I think they have like nine legit NBA rotation guys. I have to say that like chemistry is a part of this too, though. And I know that maybe Fox didn't have a, a full say. And I don't think he called Monty and said, bring Malik Monk over. He's like my best friend and I want him here. Mm-hmm. But I think that Monty probably had interest. And I'm sure Fox was, was reached out to. I mean, Jason Anderson did say that Fox and Monk have been talking and it did play a little bit of a role in their relationship and they are like brothers. So having a having the chemistry, again, they were one of the most fun backcourts in college basketball oh, in the past for decade. Sure. They were yeah. electric. They went to the Final Four. I, they were both top ten picks. Yeah. We could have drafted Malik Monk on, with the 10th pick, but you know we chose to go another way with that. Uh, could have a lot of things yeah. that 10th pick. But chemistry is a big, a big aspect of this, this team and how – how successful they can be because when you look back to the last time the Kings had a truly fun team to watch, it was 2018-19 when the scores were here. And I think kind of getting back to that a little bit, a little bit, kind of going back to to that aspect of of having fun and having guys around each other that genuinely like each other and mm-hmm. having Fox and Monk on the same team automatically is going to make De'Aaron Fox a happier basketball happier. player, a happier person. He was, he was miserable oh, for he, points he, last you year. You could read it on him. Yeah. You could see it on his face. You could hear it in all of his interviews. You, that video I, I, I referenced a while back that you pulled up from him, his rookie season compared to last year. And again, losing will do that to you. And Malik and, and De'Aaron, they got to win at the near next highest level opposed to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the NCAA, March March Madness, like they were so close to, mm. to getting that championship. Um mm. Shout out UNC. Wasn't that Justin Jackson that beat him? It was Justin Jackson's team, yeah. It was Luke May who hit the shot. That God. You remember uh, last year, you and me were, uh, for, for media day, we were asking people, like, is there a game in high school or a, a basketball game that you will, like, never forget? Either, like, you killed somebody or somebody you shouldn't have beat, beat you. And uh, I, like, I, I mean... That that game was not on the front of my mind. We asked Aaron that question, and his like reaction to that was he wasn't like offended or anything, but he no. was like, "Well, he was like, uh, like obviously, like, like North Carolina, you know, like <laughs> you know, yeah." And I was like, we, "Yeah, 
This is a fun question. Sorry, that man. would be fun, but <laughs> yeah. it's actually not that fun to ask what you're. So I say that to say I feel like he, you know, him with Malik. He, not to make it too dramatic and say they have unfinished business, but I'm sure um, there's an element of like we used to go crazy together. Like let's bring that back. I'm sure they miss it. Real quick, uh, Golden State Warriors legend Kevon Looney uh, just got the bag. Three years, twenty five point five million to go to Golden State. No. Hate to break it to Golden State fans, but uh, it's not looking great for your off season here. You know, you lost mm-hmm. Gary Payton the second. You lost Juan Toscano uh, Anderson. You not that Otto Juan Porter. was like the biggest, but yeah, Otto Porter. Um, it's uh, it's just not looking great. And I'm not saying the Warriors, you know, are not going to be an excellent team next year because they lost, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson, but. Uh, things are not looking up for the Golden State Warriors, that's for sure. Things look up for us, though. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. on the same. We're like on the same level, I think. No, just kidding. Feels like it. Uh, just kidding. So Malik Monk, I guess let's let's end this discussion with uh, with a grade. How much? How would you grade this this uh, this move? Just the Malik Monk signing. Just Malik Monk. It's a B plus. You know, I honestly don't love the ML the. Throwing the MLE at him, like I, I guess that is what it took to get him. But um, to me, it just kind of feel. And I don't know. Obviously, I don't know if we'll ever know the other offers that were thrown out to him. Um, he might not even gotten any. That's what I'm curious. I mean, we're always talking about how the Kings always they have to overpay for just people. Jumped on it. It's very interesting. And he was clearly the first person that they reached out to, which is interesting. Can, he he was their priority in free agency. Can we also just make a, a note that this is a young basketball player who had a very good year that wants to come yes. here? Yes. And when's the last time that ever happened? Uh, Rudy Gay resigning? Never worry. It's never happened. And Rudy Gay yeah. only resigned because the money, I'm sure. Yeah. And because he loved Michael, Michael Malone and DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins was his his running mate here. So, um yeah, I always kind of appreciate that a player that's young mm-hmm. and a player who has value wanted to come here and sign here the second free agency open. That mm-hmm. has, has not happened before. And for, you know, it's not a crazy amount of money. It's not like they bagged him out, you know. It's not like they were like, you know, Malik, we see you as something else. Like, no one else is going to give you the level of opportunity we have money. more than money. Um, he accepted a, a reasonable, rational contract, and they're – is apparently no guarantee that he's going to start. So, yeah, to your point, I mean, he, he clearly had uh, – he didn't have a negative view of coming here, which is more than we could have said in the past for sure. What would you give the grade? I'm 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 either going to mirror your B-plus or go mm. like maybe a slight A-minus because mm. he did have a great year, career year for him. Yeah. I think that maybe there's some defense that Mike – defensive potential Mike Brown can mm. tap into. I think that Mike Brown as a head coach is going to bring a lot out of these, these players – and find ways to make them better than they ever have been in their careers. And that's that count. De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, guys that are already here, Harrison Barnes, if he's here, uh, they're not you know out of that either. I think everyone that's going to be on the roster next year is going to become a little bit better defensively. And Monk, from the from a metric standpoint, uh, was not horrible last year. It was one of his yeah. better defensive years last year. So if he can grow on that with Mike Brown and the staff, uh, it becomes an A. But I'll, I'll kind of straddle that mm-hmm. like B-plus, A-minus grade. You know what makes it's it seems almost like ass backwards to say this, but I really like the fact that Malik Monk has no positional versatility. Um, he just is what he is, and like he's not going to be asked to play point guard, backup point guard, small forward, uh, small forward. He's just going to come in to either spot start at the two or to come off the bench and 
do what he does best. I he's mean, shooting guard. He's a shooting guard through and through. Like he, he's there's no disillusion about or illusion, I should say, about what he's going to try and be here. I mean, he, he does have um, he does have some offensive versatility, which I think uh, I don't know if Kings fans know about, but he's a, a an average passer. He's I wouldn't say he's you know got tunnel vision at all, which can be the case a lot of the times with these kind of these level of scores. Um, he, he's you know more than willing to move the ball. The fool can jump. He's I don't know athletic. if people understand that, but Malik is a is a got got bounce. He he's uh, go type in the fox and no monk like alley oop and, and highlights and college and stuff. Even last year with the Lakers, I mean they were running lobs for him. That's another thing too. I mean he was a fantastic lob passer. Um, that was a lot of his assists last year were off of lobs. Um, De'Aaron really strangely hasn't been one to throw a lot of lobs in his career. Um, so that's, that'll be maybe an inch. I don't think Sabonis will be getting a lot of lobs, but no, um, that'll be interesting to see. No. Uh, speaking of someone who will not be getting any lobs <laughs> next year, Damian Jones Oof. will not be getting lobs from the Kings next season. Uh, Damian Jones went back to the Lakers on a two year deal. I think you and I talked about a lot. Uh, a lot about Damian Jones this offseason so far, and I even wrote about him a couple months ago saying that I think he should be the backup center next season. Looks like that the Kings have other plans. Uh, according to our buddy Matt Boogie George, Boogie! Boogie! the Kings are high on Rashawn Holmes, and Mike Brown's high on Rashawn Holmes, and they, they, they are probably going to hang on to him. I don't know if that's smokescreen or not. I, feel, I think that if a trade comes along where the Kings can upgrade other areas, they're going to trade Rashawn Holmes. But as of today... Rashawn's the backup center. I like that a lot. I mean, first of all, how do you feel about Damian Jones leaving? And where do the Kings stand with backup center? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too distraught about Damian Jones leaving. I loved the fact that he, again, was a guy who really knew what his role was and didn't try and step out of it. But um, he's he's a perfectly fine backup center. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, Rashawn is a better overall player than him, so if we can keep Rashawn as our backup center, I think that's totally fine. Damian would have probably not had too many opportunities this season, which I think probably played a bit of role into the uh, the interest on both sides. Um, but, you know, saying that, I would love to have him on the team. I think he was valuable and, and showed that um, – he could fill the need that the Kings really need, and that's rim protection and, you know, someone in the dunker spot at at the rim. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing really too too big, but uh, no, I would I mean, have liked to see him come back. It's not earth-shattering. He was the backup also, center. Also, that minimum, correct? Like uh, I, I believe it was for the minimum, but you're back million. in L.A. You had a chance to – and you're, mm-hmm. with, you're back with LeBron. You, the Lakers, I would imagine, are going to be – hope they hope competitive yeah. next year. Um he was back to a place where he won a championship in 2020. So, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I did like what he brought. He was very, very good in a starting role. He averaged 17.7 rebounds, shot 70% from the field over over nine games near the end of the year. So it's um it's it's a loss for the Kings' second unit, that's for sure. He's definitely better than Alex Len in the depth that he brings to the team. And it is something I'm not 100% sure if, if Rashawn Holmes can play backup center again. He did not seem... He was not comfortable. Did not actually. seem comfortable. Of course, there was a bunch of off-the-court stuff going on, and he was, was hampered by, by eye injuries, when, I think shoulder stuff. So that's gonna that had to play a role as well. 
That's all been resolved. Rashawn Holmes, like we talked about last week, his off-the-court stuff has been resolved. Last season was the season of hell for yeah, Rashawn. Yeah, every, everything's back to being good yeah. again for him. Yeah. So if he's back in a good mental health space, he's back in a good physical space, I think if he can buy into being the backup center, that provides the Kings with the best center depth in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that. If you have Demonis Sabonis playing the way he can, Rashawn Holmes coming off the bench and providing mm-hmm. that punch he kind of provided in Phoenix and, and even a little bit in in Philadelphia when he was mm-hmm. coming up, that's huge. So I think I'm going to get on this bandwagon. I think we have to, right? I think the Rashawn Holmes rejuvenation season, I'm totally ready for. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, for all the reasons we just listed, I think the mental space is is huge. Like, cannot be more overstated. He, uh, he's got his money, too. I oh, mean, yeah. That's the thing. It's not like he's he's feeling insecure about his – You know, he might be feeling insecure about his actual position with the team, but – um, financially, he's totally secure and, and doesn't really have to worry about. And how about the insurance for if Sabonis? Player. If Sabonis gets hurt, exactly that is incredible insurance. Whereas mm-hmm. if the Kings move Rashawn Holmes, they or just have Alex lineup Len. flexibility in general. I mean, if let's say if Harrison Barnes goes down, knock on wood, you can slide Keegan Murray down to the three, put Sabonis back at the four, and then uh, put put uh, put Holmes at the five. I mean, I I think. It's just a great option to have as as somebody who is capable of both being a starter and uh, and coming off the bench and having a production. No, I, I agree. And when you look at what he did in his last season as a reserve, Rashawn, who who was signed here to be a reserve, by the way, with Phoenix in 2018-2019, 70 games, only four starts. He played 17 minutes per game, 60% from the field, 8.2 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 1.1 blocks. If you could sign me up for that exact mm-hmm. stat line, that is, I mean, it's what got him his contract with the Kings to begin exactly. with. But eight four over a block, sixty percent from the field, dude. Like that's that's exactly what this Kings team needs. Mm-hmm. And also, like I said, the insurance. We know that Rashawn can be a starting caliber center. If Sabonis gets hurt and the Kings don't have a, a, a backup like him, they're they're screwed. So I, I'm I'm fully on the Sabonis and Holmes train. Like I want them to be the the, the centers, the one two punch at center, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you have to hope Keegan Murray's good, but that's a discussion for another podcast. Yes, it is. Got to hope he's good. We'll yep. see him play tomorrow, his first uh, summer league game. But I will, not, I will not be watching that. I, uh, we'll it's be, not televised, It'll be on right? TV. Is it? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I will be watching. Um, anything else on the centers? Uh, no, not on the centers. Okay. That brings us to the marquee move. I'd say the yeah. biggest move so far of the offseason, Red Velvet. Yeah, I, I don't dislike that nickname. I think it's very funny, but uh, the Red Mamba is what I, I – I mean, that's kind of also reserved for um, – is uh, Brian Scalabrini, is he red or white Mamba? He's Red Mamba. He's, oh, no. I think he's White Mamba. He's White Mamba. Who's – who's Red Mamba is the nickname on basketball reference for Kevin Herter. White Mamba's uh, Brian Scalabrini. Okay, beautiful. Who's Red, who's Red Mamba? It, it's Herter. On on Basketball Reference, it says Red Velvet, it is. Red Mamba. And Matt Bonner. Okay, I think I'm going to just take Kevin Herter <laughs> and on that Matt, one. It says, it says Red <laughs> Mamba and Matt Bonner. Um, I, I, I really love this. I mean, I think Herter is, is a really big uh, shooting guard, and that's why I think he can slide over to three – for for minutes, spot minutes, but um, very big, gives really good defensive effort, um, obviously is known for his shooting, has been really consistent since he came in the league, um, always putting up from 10 to 12 points, 
uh, always shooting, you know, four to five threes a game, somewhere between 37 and 40. Per- I don't think he's actually hit the 40% mark, but from three? always been 37 to 39% from three. Um, you just know what you're getting with Kevin Herter, and I think what you're getting is a very solid uh, starter. I mean, he, he's been on all of these Atlanta uh, uh, playoff teams the past couple seasons, and he's been a very, very big piece for them. Um, they've tried to, we obviously know they brought in Bogdan Bogdanovich to, uh, I think they were hoping that Bogdan would be the starter at the two. And at the end of the day, they thought Kevin was the better option. So, uh, I think that's something very interesting that I took note of. And, uh, I think the Kings really got a really, really solid player and somebody who's going to fit in perfectly with this lineup. Perfectly. And he fixed him. He also fits in perfectly with the timeline of De'Aaron Fox and Monte Sabonis. He's 23, 23. Insane. This is fifth year coming up, so he was a, he was a young rookie. Yeah, and he's in his new contract kicks in this year. He'll be making fourteen million, uh, fifteen million, sixteen million, seventeen million. So it goes up one million yeah. every season in the next four years under contract. Uh, obviously, his contract aligns perfectly with Aaron Fox. They both have four years left. Sabonis is his two. We'll know what happens with that in a couple of years. Obviously, the Kings need mm-hmm. to win, but it, it's it's you have this core now of. Guys that are all around the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Fox, you have Herder, you have Sabonis, you have Monk, and then you have a guy who's also not far off mm-hmm. uh, in Keegan Murray, who's twenty. He'll be twenty-two in a month. So you have this young core now again, where we thought the Kings were getting kind of old last year with Kevin Herder on the team and Malik mm-hmm. Monk and Keegan Murray. Now things get a little different, and you have mm-hmm. the, the most important part is where it's not your young guys are Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell all yep. playing the same position, you have different positions. All, all, you have, you have yeah. your forwards, you have your centers, you have your guards that are mm-hmm. all in that 26 to 22-year-old range. Yeah. So most just from 26. So uh, 100%. that's the most exciting part to me is that the Kings have a young core now that's mm-hmm. going to be locked in to build around. Mm-hmm. And Herter is a guy that is, again, the Kings, I think people kind of shifted off of the John Collins discussion because I think the John Collins stuff got kind of tired out. And when Herter's name got brought up, I've seen that name around a lot more. People really wanted to kind of get in on the Kevin Herter aspect of this deal. And it turns out Atlanta probably wanted a little too much for John Collins yeah. uh, from the Kings. They probably wanted, um, I'd imagine, less protections on the pick. And again, mm-hmm. the prote- Maybe another pick as well. The, the protections on the pick, by the way, are they make you, they make, you have to feel very good about the deal yeah. because. When you're giving up a deal, a first-round pick, it's scary. But then when you read the protections, it kind of made, when I read it, it made me feel better. So the the trade is Sacramento is sending a 2024 lottery-protected first-round pick to the Hawks. The pick will become top 12 protected in 2025 and top 10 protected in 2026. So to put that in just, you know, just throw it out there a little easier to digest – as long as the Kings are bad, they're going to keep their pick. Exactly. And that's, and that's all that key. matters. That's exactly. If they if they are fighting for the tenth seed, that might hurt. I mean, if they if they yeah if they're near a play in team and then yep. don't make the play in and lose their first round pick, it's not ideal. Like for with sure. the Celtics year, that was the uh, what yeah. year was that? Was the, that uh, Fox year? Yeah, twenty or twenty twenty no, twenty nineteen right when they didn't have a pick. When they didn't have a pick. That was the Zion year. Yes, I'm yeah. sorry. That's what you're so 2020? Yeah. 2019, yeah. yeah. So when they, they almost made the play-in playoffs. So yeah, as long as the Kings are bad. If they come out in 2024, 2023, 2024, 
and they go 38 and mm-hmm. 44, they're they probably they might lose that pick. Yeah, but if right. if they get some bad injuries and they win 28 games, they're keeping their pick. Mm-hmm. So doesn't really affect us. It really doesn't matter. If, they're, if, if they Not lose really. their pick, it's because they're a winning team. And honestly, it is better if they lose their pick early. Um, that means that they're winning. That means, well, and, and like you can now trade yeah, another pick. and now you, it can reset. Exactly. So, best case scenario, the Kings come out and become a winning team. Well, also... <laughs> It's not even this season. It's next it's, season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the following season. So this upcoming season, the Kings, if the Kings suck this upcoming season, they have their pick no matter what. If they're great, they can win. They can yep. be the number one seed. They'll have the 30th pick in the draft. The next season is what really yep. matters. And at that point, hopefully, the Kings will have built upon this ne- this previous season. And that's season. probably what Atlanta's God, saying. I can't, I can't like, do this. It's like, you guys really aren't going to screw this up, right? Like, yeah. you're not going to... like. We have faith that you're going to be good enough that we're yeah. going to get this pick. Yeah. But you can't really threat. They're kind of betting on that, too, because Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. they want that pick. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, if they think the Kings are going to – I don't know. Point is, the Kings need to win games, and then it'll all take care of itself. But when you give up Kevin Herter for, for Mo Harkless, Justin Holiday in a very protected first, that's a win. I mean, I don't really care how you slice it. Atlanta need to shed salary. They have way too many big contracts in the books. Mm-hmm. They have Trey Young's extension kicking in, John Collins – Clint Capella, Bogey, and then you look at Kevin Herter. He was making a good amount of money too. So uh, the Kings got their guy. I think that I think this is one of the guys they really wanted in this deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been why they wanted more from the Kings too, as far as a Herter Collins combo. Now that's that's dead. I think if the Kings were going to trade for John Collins, it would have happened by now. It mm-hmm. would have for sure happened in a deal that they were doing directly with each, with each other. So now it kind of shifts to what's next and. We talked about what Herter and Monk bring to the Kings. Clearly, Monty McNair wanted to surround Fox and Sabonis with shooters. Yep. He's done that. They have shooters. They have multiple options now. They have Terrence Davis when he's healthy. They have Herter. They have Monk. They have Barnes if he's still on the team. Uh, Keegan Murray is a guy who's supposed to be a stretch four in, in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. Sabonis has been working with Lethal Shooter all off season. I wonder if that's going to pay dividends. So now we have to look at the defense and what the Kings have left. And they don't have much left as far as room, yeah. salary cap space. They have virtually none. They do have the biannual exception, which is $4.1 million per year. They can go probably get a decent player with I'm that. I'm looking for Josh Okogie. Josh Okogie is like our, our favorite for that. So there are people out there that they can, they can grab. Um, I think some Kings fans have, have DM'd me or tweeted me about Otto Porter. Obviously, he signed with the Raptors, so that's not happening anymore, and he wouldn't have come here for that much money anyway. How much did he end up signing for, wasn't I it? I think he signed for like $8 million per season. Oh, wow. I think. Let me confirm that. Otto Porter Jr., two years, and got a guess? I'm going to say, uh, I thought he made like the Malik contract. Was it 218, 219? I don't think it actually says. Oh, well... Auto Porter to be determined on his uh, his value, but I mean he was a guy the Kings probably could have tried to get for the mid level exception, but they they obviously wanted to go with with shooters like mm-hmm. actual shooters. So yeah, it doesn't I don't really see a dollar figure. Um, I do know that Gary Payton the second got paid mm-hmm. twenty eight million dollars over three years for Gary Payton. Anyway, all right, real quick, quick update on the Kings depth chart because um, we're kind of winding down here. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell at the point guard spot, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk at the two, Harrison Barnes, Terrence Davis at the three. You have Murray, Lyles, Metu at the four, Sabonis, Holmes, and Len. 
That's a pretty, that's that's like if that was an opening night roster, I would talk myself into them being competitive every night, and I still think they yeah. have more work to do. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I think uh, I think I'm okay if this is the opening night roster. This is a thirty eight win team somewhere around there. I don't think they're you know I think at best maybe they can squeeze five hundred or around there, but um, well, <laughs> how funny to, uh, last season I was like. They have this. This is a 500 team. Like this is. I'm not trying to say they're going to be amazing, but like this team screams 500. Looking back, that team no, on, just looks so bad. I how many know. teams have there been that we've looked at on paper before a season and been wow, they're going to be really good, and then they've, they've been dog water. Yeah. Like I think the te- the season with uh, Kojo and Deadman and Ariza, yeah. I thought, oh my god, this is the best yeah. roster the Kings have <laughs> ever had. Like in the like during the drought, yeah, and they just were horrible. Mm-hmm. I think they started zero seven that year. Mm-hmm. That was the time where Matt George came in and said, "The Kings lose to the Ooh. Magic tonight. Oh I'll quit my gosh. job." Oh my we- <laughs> I think it was the Hornets. I don't think it was the Magic. I think it was the Hornets. I think it was the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. it was the Hornets. Yeah, this is like when the Hornets like were bad, bad. Yes, so. they were bad, bad. They didn't have Lamelo was, yet. Yeah, no Lamelo. They were it, just it running was, out Terry it was Rozier. Really bad. And anyways, we uh, sometimes. This roster to me, like, De'Aaron Fox is an NBA player. Kevin Herter is an NBA player. Yeah. Blake Monk is an NBA player. David Mitchell, yada, 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 yeah. down, down, down. Absolutely. Like, everyone's an NBA player on here. And then you have your Tremezi Metus, your Alex Lenz. Keegan Murray's a question yeah. mark. But I think Trey Lyles is where it starts to get, like, okay, like, he's probably journeyman. But he's, he, he to, to me, I mean, he proved enough last year. Um, both in Detroit and in Sacramento, that yeah. he's at least worthy of minutes. At $2 million, I, I think he's a, a mm-hmm. great bargain. Absolutely. And obviously, Sasha Vajankov is a guy that probably will come over. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've The Kings aren't often in this kind of situation where they have these international guys that are like, will he come over, won't he come over? So I'm not entirely certain how these like rumors go, but um, if... You know, if international basketball is anything like international soccer, it's just rumors on rumors on rumors on rumors, and you don't actually know what's going to happen until it actually happens. So, um, I would just say I have no, absolutely no idea. Speaking of overseas, can we give a round of applause to Nemnia Bielitsa, whose NBA career is probably over? He just went back to really. He went back overseas. He went to Turkey. Shout out Nim and shout uh, out the Warriors losing another rotation piece. <laughs> yes, it's you know what? Where's this? I have their I have, whole bench. I have audio for this. Um, yeah, it's Nemanja. Nemanja. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what? I always thought he was underrated for the Kings. I think they should have used him as like a small ball center. I thought he was one of the highest basketball IQ players the Kings have had in a really long time. Fun to watch. Uh, super fun to watch. Like sneaky athletic. Was honestly, I think, led the the Kings in blocks one year. Dude, yeah. Um, and his three point shooting was top. Three point shooting was year. elite. Uh, he will obviously have the the Rockets game winner. Will live down forever. The uh, forget this. We we deserve it. Uh, is is an <laughs> absolute this. like all time classic. Um, I mean, yeah, just an absolute beautiful player, and uh, sad to see him go, but love to see the Warriors. What audio you have? I got you, man. It's, uh, it's this is uh, from Frank Ocean. It's 
Do we no get copyright for that? <laughs> I don't kidding. know. We'll no, see. I think you, I think you get 15 seconds. <laughs> okay, that was sick. We're good. Yeah, we're good. It's all we're yeah. So the Warriors, it's all downhill. The, the Warriors have lost. Uh, going through it, Gary Payton, mm. Otto Porter, mm. Nemanja, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, and then our. Okay, hear me out. Someone said this today about okay. like a vet men. Someone brought it up. I know I am very upset even thinking about it. I know you already know what I'm going to say too. I'm ready to spike. People are floating that Damian League is signed here on a Min deal. Oh God! I mean, I feel like that is the Kings are going to get a Warrior. What do you think I was going to say? I that I honestly my mind was blank, but that is the most likely for sure. I mean, it, I thought for sure we were either going to get JTA or Damian Lee, and Damian uh, Lee seems possible. Yeah, yeah. It's very much like a, a Seth Curry signing where it's like, okay, like I'm still close to my family. This isn't Steph's team, so like. I'm not getting like nepotism or whatever, and uh, this is my actual opportunity to be an NBA player. But Damian Lee is uh, isn't quite Seth Curry, is what he's I not say. my favorite. He's not my favorite. Um, I love seeing this meme the the person putting the little the little block down that's gonna set it like it's gonna knock down the bigger ones, and it says oh, yeah the uh, domino. It's like the small domino is McNair declines to match Atlanta's offer sheet for Bogey. And then the big one is Atlanta's forced to trade Herder to avoid luxury tax. And yeah, I yeah. mean, they kind of, he kind of did play that right. Yep. It's kind of funny that it took three years to pan out, and we don't know how Herder's going to be in Sacramento. But um, so far, I mean, I guess we'd end, we ended with what would you grade the Herder acquisition? Then I guess we can grade the day as a whole. I mean, the Herder act. Herder I'm, to me is an A. A. Um, it's an A. I mean, especially. It's almost like a Harrison Barnes trade level, not quite to that level because we still ended up having to get rid of a first round pick, but just an absolute swindle. I mean, it does. If you you're trading Justin Holiday, who the Kings needed to get off their roster because if he came in next year at six million dollars, that's just eating away money at a player that you could have you could have replaced value there. Uh, Mo, we've seen enough of. It just wasn't a fit. Um, it wasn't going to work out here. I think he might actually carve out a role in Atlanta. Mo's Mo's got the NBA body that everyone's looking for. It's just a matter of if you can find minutes for him. Um, yeah, I, I think if you get rid of those two and can get an actual starter and a, a quality rotation player, that's a swindle. Like we traded Harrison Barnes, where we got Harrison Barnes for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. To me, this is a very similar. You get rid of Justin Justin Holiday and, and Mo Harkless. First no. round pick hurts a little more, but. It's yeah, really not that. I mean, it's it's a hev- heavily, heavily protected. And now I'm intrigued about the Harrison Barnes aspect of all of this. Does yeah. he does he stay? That's the next domino. Does, does he? If it is, I think to me they have to extend him or trade him. That's just I don't think they have to do that. I'm saying to me yeah. to me they have to. They won't. But I'm saying what are, what, what are we what are we doing? I mean, if you you can't let Harrison Barnes leave for nothing, do yeah. they wait till the deadline? Do they trade him for uh, a power forward or another small forward? Mm-hmm. It's just. He just turned thirty. He is a very good, a very good basketball player, and if he's happy being to be here, and they they obviously couldn't put him in the John Collins deal. I'm not sure what other deals are out there. I don't have any interest in a Kyle Kuzma swap. I don't not at this point. Let I me don't. tell you, I got you, and I I just brought right. this up to you before we uh, we recorded. How do you think uh, a Harrison and we just wax poetically about uh, Rashawn Holmes, but like a Harrison and Holmes for Matisse and uh, Tobias Harris? So that way, the Kings can play Tobias at three. They can play him at four, move Murray, whatever the hell they want to do. You get defense in Matisse Thibel, um, 
And yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you ship off Harrison, you pick up a ton of money with uh, with the um, Tobias Harris contract. But um, I think that's interesting. I mean, I would say Holmes at this point is a luxury piece, but um, you're kind of stuck with Alex Len as your backup center at that point. But that, and that's my I think, fear. I think that kind of pays off. That's my fear. But again, if you have enough pieces around the rotation to kind of counteract that, that they're going to be fine. Yeah. But right now, the Kings need Rashawn Holmes for that depth for that very reason. They don't have the mm-hmm. depth to counteract the. Maybe like is Isaiah Joe a center? I don't think so. Isaiah Joe. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but I just obviously there's been semi connection between, and you know that's Daryl Morey. Um, no, he's a shooting guard. I don't know why I thought he was. Um, man, I don't know. I was trying to figure out if the Sixers can give us some backup center that they don't use or something. Nah, but. DeAndre Jordan went and signed with uh, Andre Drummond too. Oh, that's right. I forgot they traded Drummond for uh, yeah for Harden. Yeah, so DeAndre Jordan went to the Nuggets immediately, yeah. and then the yeah. You know what that means, though. Boogie, <laughs> our guy is a free agent and needs a team. Yeah, too bad he said he never he he's <laughs> never coming back. He won't. He um, anything else? Um, Till the next big thing, I guess. Shout out. You know what? I will say also. I was pleading for this. I think it was last episode. Malik Monk is a bucket getter, as I said multiple, multiple times in this uh, in this podcast, and that's what the Kings needed. They had nobody. I, I said, you know, is is De'Aaron Fox our best isolation scorer last season? I would say either him or Davion was the best, like shot, you know, personal shot creator. If the clock's going down three, two, one, and we have to get a shot off, uh, I think Monk and Herder are specifically Monk, but um, those guys are. You know, you can feed them with three seconds left, and Malik Monk can get a shot off from just about anywhere. Three, he can drive. He's got ridiculous athleticism. He's a three-level scorer. Um, that's something I'm very excited about to see. Can the Kings having an isolation scorer like that? No, for sure. I'm I'm very very excited about the roster, how it's shaping up. Uh, the three-point shooting was pretty much non-existent near the end of the year. Now they have shooters, so now. Defense. Let's see if the Kings can add some defense over the next week or so. Um, do you want to talk about the summer league practice that we saw? I think that was interesting. Whatever. What would you, do you have, I don't have many like takeaways. Yeah. I guess just because it was practice. Yeah. But if you saw something, I'd love to hear it. I uh, so just for just to clue everyone in, me and Frank, as we said, uh, right after, right before we learned about the. Or, I'm sorry. We learned about Dante DiVincenzo's not getting the uh, the qualifying, qualifying offer, offer uh, as we were heading to Kings practice. Typically how these things go, these Kings practices, when the media shows up, uh, when we walk in, they're at the end of practice and they're pretty much just shooting around. You know, it'll be Dante, De'Aaron, and Davion just shooting from corners and doing shooting games and stuff like that. That's what we were expecting walking into the doors on Wednesday. Uh, that was not the case. We watched an entire practice of the NBA Summer League or the King Summer League roster um, from, I believe, from start to finish. I don't think they really did anything before we had walked in there, I don't think. Um, and so we just we got to watch them run sets and practice, uh, just do drills and just a bunch of stuff. We got to actually see the guys in action. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I just – Keegan Murray, 
looked like he was one of the better players on the team. Uh, I saw him, you know, get a strip in the post, and I think he might have he hit an and one, which I posted on my Instagram or my Instagram, my Twitter page. Um, I think he looked good. Alex O'Connell jumped out the gym to he me. Has hops. He's to me the one that I'm most excited to watch in summer league. Watch out for the hops. Is uh, that's the one thing this he, summer? I think he might catch a body. He's got that kind of athleticism, those kind of hops, and he's also. Somebody who can shoot the three for sure. So if he can shoot thirty eight percent in I, summer league, I'm or intrigued like to see that, if he'll be in the rotation for yeah, sure. It'll be interesting. Um, I don't think anybody else really stuck out to me. To me, as Kada is a large human being. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying weight wise, I actually think he looks like pretty pretty trim for how big he is and how young he is. Um, but he's definitely still got some work to do. But he is a large, large human. Um, yeah, there'll I, be an action tomorrow. So yeah. like. I, I'm hoping I can go. I saw the, uh, the the Warriors aren't providing parking, so I'm not trying to spend 50 bucks on parking. So that's gonna be fun. But I'm planning on going to figure it out. But yeah, seeing Kata, uh play with Keegan Murray in, in in the front court is gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to go to Vegas next week. We'll be leaving for Vegas a week from today, next Friday. Spending about five days there. We're gonna watch a lot of basketball, not just the Kings, but other basketball there as well. I know Monday we have. The number one versus number two pick, we have Paolo versus Chet. Yes, that is going to be a good one. So we have a lot of basketball coming up. It's kind of fun. For the next, what, two, three weeks, we have basketball pretty much every day almost starting tomorrow. So that's that's pretty fun. Very much so. Do you have anything else? No, not really. Happy 4th, everybody. Yeah, happy 4th of July. Uh, we will probably be back Wednesday, maybe Thursday for another pod. Unless something else happens. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Um Definitely expect some summer league content. We'll talk about. We'll talk a lot more about that as as it's coming up, and a lot more, I'm sure, next episode. But um, make sure you follow both of us on Twitter. I'm not going to give our Twitter handles. Just find them uh, for Frankie Cardicelli. I am Chris Watkins. Thank you so much for listening. Bye bye.